What's up guys, it's Lisa. We're all well into our coronavirus quarantine and needless to say, it's been a trying time for all of us. We've had to change our daily routines, many of us haven't even left the house, gyms are closed and overnight most of our relationships went virtual. So how can we come out of this quarantine stronger, healthier and even more connected? Well, I've taken this opportunity to talk to some of my favourite people on my Instagram Live to get their advice on these very issues and have found the conversation so freaking helpful that I wanted to share them here as well. So over the next couple of months, we'll be posting bonus episodes every Friday to help us get through this quarantine stronger together. All right, today I'm chatting with my homie, Trent Shelton. And if you don't know Trent, he's a former NFL wide receiver that is now an incredible speaker, author of the smash hit book, The Greatest You, and host of the top podcast, Straight Up with Trent Shelton. In this Instagram Live, we talk about how you can support your partners in this time, effective communication tips, and using this time to self-reflect. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. How is everyone doing today? I got the wooks on me. It was actually last minute. Tom's shooting right now. So the baby girl came running over to join me. So she's on my lap. So hopefully she won't bark. Today's a very freaking special day, guys. I'm obsessed with this man. Um, while I'm waiting for him to join, I'm going to do a little intro to him. So Trent, um, I'm going to give you a little intro and then give a backstory of how I first met him. So Trent Shelton is a former NFL wide receiver that is now considered one of the most impactful speakers of this generation. He's the author of the smash hit book, The Greatest You, where he shares how his hardest and darkest moments led to his happiest and most fulfilled life. Trent is also the host of the top podcast, Straight Up with Trent Shelton, where he gives you the truth you need to hear even if it's hard to take. All right, so that's a little intro on Trent. And I just want to say, I didn't actually, I'm not into big sports, I'm into soccer. Um, and when I met him, I had no idea who he was, I'm going to be honest. And he was the sweetest, kindest man I've actually ever met. Like, he was so freaking sweet. And then afterwards, I started to, like, look him up and I was like, oh my God, this man is a freaking superstar. And so that was why, like, just another reason I freaking adore him. Like, you would never guess that he was this massive superstar because he has such the sweetest heart. Okay, I think he is um, here to join. So let's get a look on Trent. Oh, it's not working now. Why isn't this working, people? Um, mm -hmm. all right, there we go. Aha, Trent is there. Come on, Trent. Come on, Trent. That's <laughs> growling. Okay, you got a hello. Hey, what up, Lisa? How you doing? I'm good, honey. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, you know, surviving this quarantine, just wrapped up a podcast episode. So I'm in my office. So just trying to uh, do the best I can with the circumstances. And it's great to see you. How you been? Oh, so good to see you. And um, I had to puppy sit, and now she's actually barking at someone. So give me two seconds. I'm going to have to go lock her up. I'm so For sure. This is parenting. I want to talk to you about parenting as well. Okay. <laughs> what up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? I cannot wait for this conversation with Lisa. It's going to be awesome. And I, I, heard, I heard Lisa's introduction. I'm going to brag on her for a little bit. Uh, she is super kind. Uh, one of the kindest persons I've met. So, and uh, Tom is dope too. So yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't hear what you said, but you are so freaking sweet. So um, <laughs> we've got so much to talk about. So first of all, um, in fact, let's just jump into it. Guys, if you're just joining, drop in any questions that you have for Trent. We're going to ask him live. Um, how are you dealing with right now being at home with your family um from what i know um and have been around you you really do like to kind of almost be on your own a lot and get it and please correct me if i'm wrong but i see you're so freaking deep and like guys this man is so freaking wise like he doesn't necessarily talk a lot but then when you talk to him like the words that come out of your mouth dude is so impactful and i know that you say that you like to hike and do things like that alone so what are you doing right now in this situation where you may not have that luxury um what are you doing emotionally to be able to, to keep strong yeah um it's it's tough because as you were saying like i am an introverted person like i tell you i'm not shy but I'm very introverted. I'm always thinking about certain things in life, and I've always been that way. My mom, I mean, she would, she was on here. She would tell you that I would be the kid that would, would love to be in their room. And so this quarantine as an introvert, um, it isn't too tough for me. But as you said, uh, you know, my whole family's around, and I'm a family man. I love it. But, you know, when you're around people 24-7, and I'm sure I'm the same with my kids or Maria, it's like, man, I need a break. And so uh, – I developed, you know, five little releases. I talk about it in my podcast episode, but five little things that I'm making sure I implement with myself and my family. An emotional release, an energy release, uh, uh, authentic release that we just talk about our problems. And so I tend to wake up a little bit earlier before everybody else to make sure I take that time for myself so I can protect my peace, so I can let go of the stress and I can come back just energized. And I make sure also I give my kids their freedom. I give Maria her freedom. So when I get back home in a little bit, it's her time to go do whatever she wants to do for herself, just to give that disconnect and get away for a little bit. I think it's very important. I was going to say, yeah, how much do you guys discuss that and kind of coordinate to make sure that you each get your alone time and that like what, you know, Tom and I call selfish time? How do you communicate that? Yeah. So, uh, well, Maria is tough for her. Uh, obviously, you know, with our three month old Marley and Marley's attached to her hip. So it's a little bit tough for her in her role. And uh, she doesn't, you know, necessarily like make it a priority. Like I make it priority for myself. Like I get up early and I have to do that. It's just been a part of my DNA since I can remember. And so I really fight for her to make sure she takes her time. And so when I get home, it's like, hey, like we'll argue about it if that's the case. Like, no, go do what you have to do. Like go play Animal Crossing if that's what you want to play. Go, you know, watch TV or go take a nap or go, you know, walk around outside, whatever you want to do. And so, uh, it's a little bit easier for me, but for her, it's, uh, you know, I have to make sure she does it because she's so hands-on with everybody and she wants to be around the babies and, you know, it's just the role of a mother. And so I'll make sure she gets it in. Yeah, people are saying, like, what a husband. So um, that's such an amazing and just in the time that I've known you've been so um, you're so attentive to your family and to the needs of your wife so right now like other people at home how can you encourage those partners and spouses to be encouraging for their other partners that may not see what they're doing could in the long term be detrimental to them yeah your your environment is everything right I mean what you surround your life around we've heard this a million times what you surround your life around will influence your life and so um I always try to look at my environment as a garden, right? And I don't want to be the weed that that chokes off the beautiful rose in the garden. And um, I make sure I bring to that garden. So I would definitely tell you to have an honest and transparent conversation. Like I said, one of the releases that we have is the uh, emotional release. And it's time that it's a non-judgment time. Like 
you can say whatever you want. You're not going to be judged by it. I, I'm there really just to listen. The kids are there to listen. I do it with my kids. If you want to break something, it's not too expensive. But if you want to throw something and break it, like feel free because we're all dealing with these silent battles. And I just know this for a fact. When we keep these battle, battles silent, they don't go away, right? They consume us more and more and more. And then it typically comes out. So with spouses, you know, it might be something that's bothering you. And then it, you, just hold it, you just hold it inside. And then maybe it's a small thing of like, you didn't, you know, wash the dishes and it comes out and the argument ensues and all of that stuff. So you got to have a field or a time, should I say, that you have open and honest communication where your job isn't necessarily to respond. It's just to listen and it's just to understand. And I think we have that clear communication, which builds connection. It's a lot easier to, uh, you know, really go through this time because we're all dealing with silent battles within ourselves right now. Yeah, God. And do you guys actually say that? Like right now is a moment to have no judgment, to not, not even worry about, you know, how, what the reality is of how you feel. It's just the space where I'm going to listen, you can do, like, do you actually have the, that language that you say to each yeah, other? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even with, even with my kids, uh, even with Tristan, um, Maya, she's, she's three years old, so she always going to speak her heart anytime she wants. <laughs> but Tristan, you know, he holds, <laughs> he's kind of like me, he's an introverted kid. And so I'm just like, hey, man, like, if we're stressing you out, you can say it. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, speak your emotions because I don't want you to hold on into those emotions. And so you have to really uh, just make sure you provide the environment, like I said, of no judgment and where mm -hmm. people really feel comfortable to actually share without being judged. And actually, you know, to feel listened to. You know, listening is a talent these days. You know, people, when you listen to someone, not listening to respond, but you just listen to hear them out, um, it makes them feel special. It makes them feel cared about. And another thing I want to say too, like with your spouses or with your kids, you know, like you, you sh you're around them enough. You can tell maybe when something is off and it's your job also to make sure you provide the solution for them. And so with Maria, Maria, I don't even know if she's on here, but I'll say it. Maria gets stressed out easily. Like she does. And she'll probably say this. If she was on here too. And so I'm making sure I'm fighting for her to say, Hey, listen to this meditation. Hey, wake up a little bit earlier so you can relieve the stress. Hey, do this and do that. So you really have to fight for the people in your household during this time as they will fight for you. Oh God, I love that. And how long have you guys been together? So we've been officially married going on five years this year. Um, we've known each other since Tristan was born. So that'd be going on 12 years. Wow. So like, that's so important, right? To be able to have someone that you trust enough that even when you don't see yourself, um, that you, you just listen to the other person. That's kind of like what Tom and I do, where it's like, he's saying something. And even if I don't want to hear it, over the years, he's proven to me that his best interest is me. So even if I don't agree with it and I want to fight back, I just go back to his first interest is to help me. And so even if he's saying something I don't necessarily like, right? So, so you saying to Maria, like, hey, you're stressing out. You need time. Yeah. You should be doing this. You should be watch watching this. You should be reading this. Sometimes that's hard to receive. But when you go back to, I mean, you guys have been together so long and knowing that your core is that you care about her, even if she kind of disagrees with you, I think it's, it's nice to have that concrete foundation that you can keep going back to so that you know there's no ulterior motive, if that makes yeah. sense. And, and that's when you have to, you know, that's a big part of, you know, communication. Um, it's a big part, like people don't understand, like communication is not always about it's rarely about what you say it's more about how you <laughs> say it and so learning your partner learning your kids because a lot of times we come from the selfish place of us like okay it's this is how i would do it so this is how i expect you to do it and that doesn't always connect with the people you're trying to help and so i'm always thinking about okay 
how does Maria receive communication? How does Tristan mm -hmm. receive, even Maya, like how does she receive communication so I can make sure I'm clear to her without her feeling judged, without feeling like I'm putting some pressure upon her? And I think that's a big part of just like connection and relationships is understanding how each person receives communication. Yeah, God, especially at a time like this, to really refine that communication is going to be so important because like I really do worry you know, I heard someone say that two things are main two things are going to come out of this quarantine. One, there's going to be a massive baby boom because people have time to have sex. And then two, there's just going to be a massive divorce rate because people who are in relationships that um, don't have that type of communication, but you kind of escape, right? You escape with your work, you escape with your friends, you escape by not being in the same proximity. Um, now it's kind of going to come to a head. Um, and I think having that communication refined, even if you don't have it coming into this now's a chance to really refine it so that you can come out the other end just with a freaking strong relationship absolutely and it's a time too you know i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning so much about myself you know um for, for a lot of for you know for just everybody you know when your life is so fast paced and i try consciously to do this even when my life is moving fast to take time to self-reflect right to gain that emotional intelligence and understanding like okay if I'm angry, I might just say I'm angry and leave it there. Okay, where is this anger coming from? And getting to know yourself more. So this is a beautiful time to really build that emotional intelligence, really to understand your thought process, understand why you feel stressed, what stresses you out about situations. Because usually it's not the situation. It's something deep down inside of you that you haven't dealt with. And so uh, this time has really like opened up a lot in my life that probably I didn't want to be opened up to, but I, I know I needed to to be able to grow. So I think that's a big part in a relationship in your household is to make sure you're doing time for deep self-reflection so you can come out a better person from this. Is there anything that you're open to discussing right now on um, something that you've had to really um, battle and then actually became a realization and now you're working through it? Yeah, um, I, I wanna say the first word that comes to mind is just the confidence piece. And I know it might seem crazy because, you know, um, People probably follow me and think I'm super confident, in which I am at times. But, you know, when this storm hit, um, I got into a what if uh, mentality. And I actually talk about this in video. Like, what if, you know, I lose this? What if, you know, I never speak on the stage again? Like, all these things that were negative emotions that wasn't helping me at all. And I start to realize, like, maybe I don't have as much confidence in my craft or what I'm doing as I should. Maybe I'm comparing myself. And I just went on this journey of, trying to figure that out. And so for the last two weeks, I'm really building up that confidence. And I've been telling myself every single day, like, remind yourself of who you are, you know, regardless, remind yourself of who you are. And uh, that's one of the things. And, you know, I feel like that sometimes, you know, that's a, a chain reaction, because I could be feeling, you know, these what if things and bringing stress in my life, and it's bringing anxiety to my heart. And I want to say this, by the way, like, anxiety, I mean, what if will never bring answers to your life, by the way, never. It will never bring like what if this it will never bring answers to your life it's just going to bring anxiety to your life mm -hmm. and so when i'm going through these moments i realize like when i don't deal with it when i don't combat that as i like to say with a positive what if like what if this is the best thing ever happened for me i tend to go back into my world meaning you know my house or yeah, basically my house right now and i'm not the person i should be i'm getting stressed out a lot easier things are tending to like Maybe the kids are leaving some toys and I'm tending to get a little bit more upset than I usually would over something that's so small. And it's, I realized because I haven't did the reflection, the deep self-reflection uh, on myself that I need to be doing every single day. Whoa, 
that's so freaking strong. Like, I, I so think like that. What is the worst? Um, if this is the worst thing that can happen, like, how is this the best thing? Um, frame of mind is so perspective is so important. Um, and making sure that right now the perspective is one that serves you, I think is also seriously important. Um, talk to me about perspective. And, and yeah. fact, I'm like taking over this whole conversation. There's so many <laughs> questions. In fact, I'm going to hold that question because I'm definitely, I'm hoping that there's questions here about perspective. I'm just going to click into some questions because so many people are asking me. For sure. So, um, all right. Let's have a look. All right. My son is four D. I don't know, four years old. His autistic, nonverbal. I'm okay most of the time, but sometimes I just want to run away. Yeah. Ooh. Um, all right. So what would do you do in moments where you feel like you just, if, like, or in fact, do you feel like you want to run away when things are just getting too much? And then what do you do to like, make sure that you're there and present? Yeah. So what's well, it's a, it's a few things. So number one, if I want to run away, um, I, I understand this running away is not going to change the reality of the situation. And so even when I run away, when I come back, that situation is still there. Now there's times where, if it's situations where I feel like it's just too much, where walking away for a little bit is necessary so I can actually process my emotions and come back that to that situation with a better mindset. But I'm really big, like, obviously my thing is rehab time or rehab, but I'm really big on prehab. I'm really big on prevention. And so I'm making sure that every single day, and listen, there's days where I don't do it, okay? And I feel it when I don't do it. But every single day I'm trying my best to make sure I prepare myself mentally for my day. I think of going into this world as a, as a battle and I'm making sure that I'm doing the right things to prepare me for battle when I step back into this world. And so you'll realize if you do things like meditation, if you do things, as I say, like protecting your peace, uh, if you work out and you have these stress relievers, it doesn't, it might not necessarily change the situation, but it would change your mindset and dealing with the situation. So I'm really big on that and it helps me a lot in dealing mm -hmm. with it. Um, so right now, are you just like working out from home? Because like all these things, um, of, like, you just already nodded, yeah. Because um, it's so important, I think, that people, st are you actually, in fact, sticking to a routine? Or have you created a new routine? Yeah, so it's funny because right before this happened, like a few months before, I started building a home gym. And um, because I just, time-wise, like I would drive in Texas. I mean, I know LA's traffic is way worse than Texas, but I would literally, it would take like 40 minutes to get to the gym. And I would spend an hour there and then it'd take 40. I was like spending three hours. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to actually build a home gym. So in February, I did that. And I actually canceled my membership in March. So right before wow. all this stuff happened, like perfect timing. And so, um, yeah, my routine has changed in that space. But I found it easier for me to actually get up and go to, I'm not a morning person, by the way. Like I'm not at all. So I find it easier for me to get up. I can just go right downstairs to my garage get in a quick 30-minute workout, 40-minute workout, and have that energy to start my day. And so it's really helped me. And so that's my first routine is to wake up, make sure I, I have a 4A thing that I do, appreciation, affection, activity, and accomplishment. Make sure I take care of those 4As before I come back into the real world. And working out is a part of that because I know working out, movement influences movement. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't care how you feel, that once you start moving your body, I promise you, you will be in another mood. Just simple. And so I know that. So I just go attack it even when I don't feel like it. Can I just say like, oh God, another freaking reason why I just absolutely adore you is 
even in your answer right now to this woman is like, yeah, sometimes like I do feel like running away and sometimes I actually do need space. And I think that's so important to say out loud because I bet you this person is feeling absolutely, you know, um, heart, total heartache over feeling like she wants to run away. And I think that we need to almost in what she's saying, like remove the judgment from that feeling yes. that that's what she wants to do. And just to tell, tell her it's okay. And sometimes maybe that's what you have to do is take, you know, step out of that. Um, so like moving, I freaking love, um, do you suggest like music or anything like that? Yeah. So I have, uh, I'm a very big person, like on, I call it, everything is protect your peace with me, but I call it peaceful vibes only protecting my peace. And so it's no, it's no words, it's no lyrics. It's literally like cinematic, um, peaceful music, almost like music you would listen to, like with a child, like Marley has her music, we play her to sleep, like lala, it's not really lullaby music, but I have music that just really speaks to my soul. I have a certain playlist that I know when I listen to this, that I'm going to be in a better place. Like, your favorite song, right? You know, when you turn on your favorite song that it's going to immediately change your mood just like that. And so I make sure I construct my music to make sure it puts me in the space that I need to be in. And I'm, I'm, I, I it just, you have to be intentional, um, especially right now, I'm more intentional than ever, because this thing, as I've said millions of times on social media, this virus has the power to destroy you mentally before it ever touches you physically. Oh yeah. You know, it does. Um, and, for people to get touched physically, you know, I know that's tough too, and it's hard. But even then, it's a mental battle that you're going through. You know, I always say the mask can keep out the germs, but it can't keep out depression, you know? Um, and it's just facts, you know? Soap can clean your hands, but it can't clear your mind. And so while you're doing the things you need to do to protect yourself physically, you have to make sure you're protecting yourself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You have to. My God, that's so strong people, including myself, right? Definitely focusing on oh, making sure that I wash my hands and that I sanitize and then we've got like all the steps in place and watching the videos on how to make sure that you don't do it. But like the mental, oh God, that was super strong, dude. Um, okay, I'm gonna get another question. I wanna do some shout outs actually. So Let's we've got do some it. people watching from London, Memphis, Philadelphia, Canada, South Africa, Malaysia, Pakistan, and the Philippines in the house. Wow. <laughs> You got you got fans worldwide, dude. All <laughs> um, over the world, okay. man. Guys, if you are just watching, please drop in a sticker question. We are answering them live. Um, oh, okay. Here's a question. I am a first responder and I deal with a lot. How can I deal with my anxiety? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, Lisa, obviously, if you want to answer. You no, know, please okay, cool. no, no. <laughs> um, so... You know, I think anxiety is different for everyone. And I'm just I only can speak from a place of experience with me. So when my anxiety comes up, um, and sometimes I don't even know that I'm dealing with it, you know, like, mm. sometimes I, I'm like, man, I'm, a, I'm going through an anxiety moment, I don't even know it. But when my anxiety comes up, it always tends for me to go down to focus. And I'm just a big believer in what you focus on is what you will feel, right? It's, it's, how you see life is how you feel about life. How you feel about life is what you do at life. And what you do at life is what you get from life. And so if I'm, if I'm getting something from life that I don't want, I know it goes back to that, down to the root thing is what I'm focusing on. And so when I'm going through these anxiety things, I have my, what I call fire escapes. And so 
or emergency exits. Like if you're on a plane, they go on a plane. I'm bad at this because I never listen. So if I'm sitting in an emergency <laughs> exit, I'm like, all right, cool. And I was like, if something happens, I'm like, oh man, let me. So I ain't sitting next to you then, Trent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being honest, like, you know, and, uh, but I'm obviously like, I will definitely go to work if it, something happens. But um, I realized like, even when I go into buildings, like you always, I'm like, okay, cool. This is where the exit is, whatever. So that's because if an emergency happens, you know exactly where to go. And you have to have these emergency exits in your own life. Like when something happens, when anxiety comes up, what are the things that you're going to go to that really calms you down? I mean, if you do research, um, tapping into your five senses is, is, is very important, right? Smelling something or touching something to let you know that you're in control of this situation. And for me, my anxiety always comes up when I'm trying to control things that are out of my control. Mm. And so I ask myself, what can I control in this moment? And I always know I can control my perspective and how I see things and I change my focus. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if that helps a bit, but as a first responder, first of all, I want to say we appreciate you for what you do and uh, you risking your health so all of us can be healthy. We truly appreciate you. And just remember that you're a hero. So in those moments, you know, maybe you might feel anxious, like have those fire escapes and those facts over feelings, as I like to say, FOF. Feelings are real, but feelings aren't always right. So mm -hmm. I can feel like I'm not enough. That might be a real feeling, but is that a right feeling? No, absolutely. So I have facts that remind me. So when I feel like I'm not enough, I might go in my inbox on Instagram and people's responses like, Trent, this podcast helped or this video helped and reminds me like, wait, I am doing something special because I have those moments too. Like I have doubt and fears and all of that too. So facts over feelings and just control your focus. I feel like that'll help you a lot. That's so strong. Do you also have like, I call them kind of like flags in place, like um, to kind of identify when you're slowly getting into that anxiety mode, you know, cause it's like, I think at our age, we've kind of seen the patterns and for yeah. me, I've identified what those patterns are. And so I've kind of almost put these flag as signals to kind of say, hey, you're about to go down that path. Have you done that? And then how have you identified those? Yeah, um, and I don't know if I've done it like consciously, but when, I, when you brought that up, you know, that's definitely true. Um, you know, when I'm having my moments of, you know, whether it's a little bit of mild depression, you know, where I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about the wrong things in life. Um, I start to, I start to feel like, I think my thing is not feeling like I'm enough. And it's crazy because I talk about worth so much, but I question my worth mm -hmm. so much. So it's probably why I talk about it all the time. And I just have my reminders. Like I have my facts that when I'm starting to feel like this, I immediately go to the things that remind me. So like, whether it's going to my kids, whether it's uh, going to Maria, whether it's, you know, reminding myself of something that I've accomplished before in my past. And so every time those things come up, I fight those things, right? I try to prove those things wrong because if we don't, those things will take root in our life. And when things take root in our life and they keep growing and growing and growing, it's a lot harder to dig those things up the deeper that they get. So I try to knock them off at the surface level. Yeah. Ooh, that's so true. Like the longer you leave it, the worse it does get for sure. Um, all right. We've got so many questions. Um, all right. Let's have a look. Um, I'm just kind of reading them in real time. Um, hmm. This is just so random enough that I wanted to ask you, <laughs> how can you get rid of a fake friend? You know, it's crazy, Lisa. That's my podcast. I just recorded my podcast episode this week. And literally the title is, how to be a better friend. And oh, I'm literally talking about this. So oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I was like, is this person like in my office right now? <laughs> yeah. um, and the fact that I chose it, it felt so yeah. random. That, well, so this is something that 
I think a lot of people know me for just talking about removing the things in your life that you don't need to have there. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get rid of a fake friend? Um, for one, you know, you have to identify what a fake friend is. And I always say this because I'm big on accountability. I said this in how to be a better friend. I think rule number two was you have to make sure you're, you're the friend that you want them to be to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're the friend to them that you want them to be. So you have to check yourself a lot of times, but you have one or two ways. I always say communication is needed. So when I had the fake friends in my life, you know, I had communication with them. Like I told them straight up, I, it wasn't confrontational, but I let them know, like, these are things that I live by. These are rules that I live by. These are values that I live by. And there's certain things that I'm not going to tolerate because you have to understand this. You might not be in control of what someone gives you or, or tries to give you, but you're always in control of what you accept. So if you're accepting a fake person in your life that they've shown you who they are, and you're choosing to accept it, that is on you. And I know that hurts people's hearts because they, you know, it's like, what? It's on me. You don't understand. I'm not excusing their behavior. But when someone has shown you over and over who they are, it is not on them no more. Like, if someone is showing you who they are, believe them and remove them from their life. So sometimes you can't have a conversation, and sometimes it's just distancing yourself, and that's fine too. But you have to have some standards and values that you live by, some, some rules that you live by. One of my favorite things I love to tell people is that I have principles in my life. And I am, this sounds very crazy to say, but I hope people get it. I am loyal to my principles before I'm loyal to people. Because the people that deserve my loyalty, right, will respect my principles. And so it makes it super simple for me. So if it goes against my principles, it's an easy no. I don't want to be around that. I don't want to do it. I don't care how it looks, what it may seem to be. It's going against what I stand for. I know I cannot stand for it. And it just makes life a lot easier. So I don't say no to people. My principles do. Oh my God, I love that so much. Yeah, Tom keeps saying to me, you know, he repeats this to me almost all the time, like on a daily basis. Like people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you, period. And so if you ever complain, you're allowing that to happen. So like that really does for me shift my perspective to be like, huh, because like what you were saying, you can't control how they're going to treat you, but you can control how you receive it. And so if Absolutely. you keep allowing it, then that person's going to keep doing it um, and sometimes not even necessarily realizing that how you, how you feel about it. Because if you keep just accepting it, then they may not even realize that you're not okay with it, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, you, you tell people how to treat you by what you accept. You tell them how to treat you. So if you tolerate it, trust me, they're going to keep on giving it. And they're going to keep on giving it until you say, you put your foot down and say, you know what, I'm not going to accept this. And I want to say this to this person too, because I see this often. It happened to me in my life where like I was, you know, burnt so many times, you know, where by fake friends and, you know, especially my NFL career, you know, I tell people all the time, like when you have things surrounding your life that, that look beautiful to people, then people will tend to be attracted to that. So they fall in love with what you do, not necessarily who you are. And that's a big problem. They fall in love with the benefits that come with your life and not who you are. And so in my journey with that, I had a lot of people that were, you know, in love with the benefits, obviously, that came with me being an NFL player. And um, once I lost that, obviously, I lost a lot of my, you know, so-called friends. And it made me realize something because I became bitter. And mm -hmm. I started to become the person, not fake to other people, but I allowed them to make me a person that I know I wasn't. So I stopped trusting people. I stopped being around people. And that's not a way to live life because if someone hurts you, if someone hurts your past and they hurt you in your past and you continue to still be that person, that hurt person, and you end up hurting your future, they're still winning. 
you know, you haven't moved on as someone from your past, even if they're not in your life or not, it's still controlling your life. So don't become the pain that they gave you. So maybe they gave you hard times. Maybe they gave you um, lack of trust. Maybe they gave you all these things. Don't become that person. Still be a good friend. I still, people say, Trent, do you trust people? Absolutely. And I, <laughs> it's so funny, Lisa, because, you know, you have people that say, I don't trust nobody. I'm like, that is a lie. Like, you trust everybody. Like, you trust the person driving next to you. You trust the person that made your food. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you trust a lot of people. So that's just the, that's just the saying when you've been hurt. But I always say, I trust everybody. I give my trust because I know, like you said, I have those flags. I can always take my trust back. Mm. And I'm going to see you for who you are. And I'm not going to put unfair expectations on you. I think that's a problem, too, is that we put unfair expectations on people. We give people a title that we know they aren't capable to live up to and then get mad when they don't live up to it. Oh. So. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Dude, that's so strong. Keep going. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, that's, that's pretty much it. And these are realizations that I had in my life. Like, I was like, oh, like, 
I gave you, it's like, I know that you don't have the, 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 the capabilities or you're not showing the capabilities of being a good friend. And I'm still giving you this title and I'm expecting something from me that you cannot give. That is on me. That's my responsibility to say, okay, I'm going to trust you for who you are. So if you're a liar, like, why would I trust you to tell me the truth? I'm going to trust you to be a liar, right? If you are a great person, I'm going to trust you for that. So I'm going to trust you for who you are. And it just makes things a lot easier for me. So I'm not going to like, if you're a gossiper and tell people's business, like, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. Like, I know who you are. And that's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not going to do that. I think we make that mistake a lot. We expect people to be something that they aren't willing to become. Oh, my God. But how do you actually not take that into the next? Let's say it's a relationship yeah. with your partner, right? You've trusted someone. You were like, you know, yes, I need to go into a relationship with trust. No, you know, no backgrounds. And you go into the relationship and let's say they've broken it, whether they've cheated on you or they've broken that, that, that bond that you've had. How do you like actively not take yeah. that into the last, the next relationship? Like it's so freaking tough. It's tough. Um, and you know, I don't know if I have a one, two, three step program uh, to be like, this is how you do it. Because just the, just the reality of it, it's like this. So I think the first thing is obviously forgiveness. We talk about forgiveness so much. Um, and I just, I mean, I know people heard this before, but with forgiveness, I'll tell you this. Without forgiveness, you can move on from the person, but you'll never move on from the pain. That's why mm -hmm. you have people who are being controlled by somebody that did something to them in their childhood or some, a relationship that happened in high school, all these things because they haven't dealt with the pain because they haven't forgave them. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, how do I forgive? Um, forgiveness for me is tough. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some people that I'm like, I'm not forgiving them at all. But I realize that if I don't forgive them, then it's consuming me. And so the first thing I tell myself, I'm always going to self-reflect and hold myself accountable. It's like, Trent, you've done some stuff in your life that you needed forgiveness for. So, if you can't give forgiveness, but you expect forgiveness, that's being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. So you have to forgive this person. So that often helps me when I look at myself in the mirror and turn the mirror upon myself. And then the second thing that helps me is just understanding that like this person literally is going to control the rest of my life if I don't forgive them. And I refuse to give that person that privilege. Mm -hmm. And so that and power, right? And power over your life because they are controlling you without being a part of your life. And that's the worst way to live life and the thing that really drives this home for me and i tell because people say like, okay i get it trent is understanding and this helps me every single time is that if you look at a person that's been hurt or a person that's hurt i can guarantee you there's something in their life that happened to them whether it was there like you know if you see somebody who's not a great father more than likely they didn't have a great father mm -hmm. and so um it doesn't excuse their behavior or maybe you see somebody who's not great at relationships. Maybe they never have an example of what a good relationship looks like. That's why I'm so like imperative in showing my kids what a great marriage looks like so they can grow up with it like my parents did for me. And so when I understand that, like, man, like if I was in their shoes, I might have been like them too. Mm -hmm. And so that really helps me build empathy in my heart to be able to say, you know what? They didn't even have a chance of being, you know, this great person. And I try to help them. Like, and that's when I know I truly forgave when I actually get to the point of trying to help the person that hurt, that hurt me. Well, that goes again, back down to perspective, right? Like everything yep. you're kind of saying really comes down to, you know, the grassroots is just how you frame things in your own mind. That's so absolutely, Absolutely. All right, guys, we are answering questions. We've got a ton of them. Um, all right. 
here we go, let's do this one. How do you and your partner deal with a relationship problem but you don't want to break up? Cool. <laughs> so um, I'm always careful about giving advice because <laughs> this is the thing. You know, what, what might work, I don't feel like everything is always universal. Some things are, but what worked for me might not work for you. So I always say like, apply it if it applies to your life. If it doesn't, don't apply it. Mm -hmm. But I would tell you this. Um, for one, if you, if you don't deal with the things you need to deal with, those things will deal with you. And so <laughs> yeah. that's the first thing. Like, it's going to come up some way, somehow. Maybe it's something that's like the littlest thing, like, oh, you didn't take out the trash and it turned into this, something else. So trust me, it's not you not taking out the trash. It's something else that you're not doing or giving, right? That's deep <laughs> down. So yes. you, you want to create an environment, again, like I said earlier, of, a, um, of open communication. And so I have a method that um, I've used, and it's called the ARC method. It's just A-R-C, something that's, that's really helped me uh, have more honest, uh, more intentional and more purposeful conversation and connection. So say me and Maria, right? Say we're, you know, we're, we're mad at each other or, you know, there's an issue or problem um, and say, you know, I have, I have a problem with her, right? With something that she's doing. And so instead of me just lashing out at her because I understand how Maria receives communication, instead of me saying like, listen, like you ain't doing this and you ain't doing that. First of all, that's a problem. I would tell you, I know this is hard, but, selfishness does not does not create togetherness and so if you're always telling somebody what they're not doing they're going to become defensive instead of saying what you're not doing look at yourself and be like okay maybe they're not doing this because i'm not giving this and so i'll go to maria first and foremost and say what could i do better for you so you won't get to this part mm -hmm. and oftentimes it's a reaction like it's not always and i know sometimes it's hard to think about because a lot of, as humans, we become selfish and we based upon our needs and our needs are special. But when you're in a relationship, it's about the other person also. You're in this together. So that's just a side note. But as far as the conversation piece, um, if there is an issue, instead of just blatant out what I want to say, I'm going to go through this method. Number one, I'm going to give her appreciation. Um, I'm going to tell her how much I appreciate her because she might have forgot. Maybe I've been not a great person for the last few weeks. She might have forgot that I truly appreciate her. Maybe I haven't said it. Maybe I haven't expressed it. Uh, knowing her love language, right? Maybe I haven't said those words to her. So I'm going to tell her how much I appreciate her. This, the second thing I'm going to do is, is the R, which is reassurance. So I'm going to reassure her that like, I got you. Like we in this because maybe they forgot. Maybe y'all been going through some tough times and they ain't sure. They like, man, is this person for me? Do they want to be with me? So I'm going to provide that reassurance. And then I'm going to see, which is the C, then I'm going to place my concern. Then I'm going to say, hey, mm -hmm. this is what's been bothering me. Like maybe it's something that's been happening in my past. Maybe it's something I'm tripping about. Maybe something I'm not doing that's causing this. And I can guarantee you two things. It just depends who you're dealing with too. So I'm, I can almost guarantee you two things. <laughs> Number one is that person is going to be in a better place to receive it. Mm -hmm. Like after you gave them all of that, they're going to be in a better place to receive it. And number two, you're going to be in a better place to give that communication. And so that always helps. Um, with our relationship uh, when we do that. And the thing about Maria, she knows when I'm doing it though. She's like, you're, you're doing the rehab thing on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, listen, babe. The same yeah. with Tom. So Tom says it very, you know, like upfront, like he's not trying to hide anything at all. And so it's like, I see what you're doing, B.U. Yeah. And it's working. Like, exactly. 
you also want to encourage each other, right? Because it's like, look, if you're going to be in this life together, you are going to navigate it together. And I always kind of liken it to a tennis match. It's like you're not on opposing sides of the net. It's a t team, right? You're, you're doing doubles. So like how I think of it is I'm playing doubles with my husband. I'm not on the opposite side. Mm, and so powerful. when I think if, we, if we're, we've got a goal that we both share and we say that out loud, anytime there's an issue, we just go back to, oh, do you, hey, do you remember the goal that we agreed on okay great for us to get there this is what has to be true you have to let your guard down like what you said we do it in a very emotionally sober moment like you cannot have your emotions all like up in the air because nothing very clear ever comes out of that so having those discussions when you're emotionally sober and another thing Tom and I do is we, we have already laid out our deal breakers. So like right from the beginning, I've got two deal breakers and it's like, no matter how much I love that man, no matter how long we've been together, there are two things that I have been very, very clear about that I would not ever forgive him for. One is to ever abuse me physically, lay a hand on me. And the second one is to ever cheat on me. And so I've made the, those so abundantly clear. And also I've said anything else we will get through, we will fight, we will work together, tooth and nail, whatever we have to do, we will do it together in order to overcome it. And I heard like this one guest actually on Impact Theory say, they went to a therapist and they were saying, you know, I'm having trouble with my partner and blah, blah, blah. And the advice they gave was this, they basically said, look, all relationships are going to take work, all relationships are going to take hard work. So the question you have to ask yourself isn't are you willing to do it? It's, are you willing to do it with this person? Mm. Because mm. if you want a strong, successful relationship, it's gonna take work. So if you want it and you know it is going to take work, the only question you have is, is this the person you do it with? And like that hit me so freaking strong because now it's not a matter of, is this worth it? It's like, you've already told yourself it's worth it. Now you just have to get to the answer on how, how do you overcome it together? And like, that was so freaking powerful. And then having that same commute, like what you were saying, the communication on how are you going to get over it together? What are you both willing to do? How do you communicate? What is the language in which you communicate? You know, going back to the love language thing, yeah. that is so freaking powerful. Yeah, I, you know, you hit the nail on the head with that, you know, because um, that's the thing that I see. You know, even like, if I look back in my past relationships, right, it was always like, something that was separate, you know, and it was uh, almost like rowing against each other, like in the same boat, but we're rowing opposite ways, opposite <laughs> directions. And you see it so much, you know, in this world, it's like, you know, the thing I tell couples all the time, it's like, man, you guys are a team. Like you're a team. But what you're doing is that you're, you're, you're literally have on the same jersey, but you're operating as opponents. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to win anything, you know, operating like that. So as, hey, as we do in sports, you know, huddle up you know, have the conversation you need to have, but get back to that common goal, whatever those goals are, like you said, and uh, move forward towards it. But you got to realize you're a team, man. So stop operating like opponents. I love that. And do you almost like as a team kind of come up with strategies? Because obviously in sports, you have a strategy on how to, you know, get to the goal. Um, do you have that with, it, with you and Maria on like strategies on how to overcome things? Yeah, for sure. You know, we're big on, you know, just mapping out. I always say, because <laughs> people might be in here, it's like, Trick, you don't like goals. And that's a whole other conversation. But I always say, like, I like to have standards. Um, obviously, goals are things that I have. But I always like to deepen the goals and make those goals a standard, right? So how I actually live every single day, make it a lifestyle. And so, yeah, we talk about 
a lot of our goals from, you know, her goals to my goals to, I feel like as a relationship, we need to have goals together to have, you know, maybe it's business goals, maybe it's nothing to do with any type of business. So one of our family goals is like, we, it's going to be hard to do it now, but we usually take four vacations, like mm -hmm. every single year. We, I mean, every quarter we take a vacation and we make sure we do those things. And so we map it out. Okay. This is the things that we need to do. This is where we need to save, you know, this is where we want to go. And so I think having a clear roadmap is very important. Having a destination is important because if you don't have a destination, you're just going to be driving around aimlessly. So mm -hmm. we want to have a destination. Then, like you said, we want to have directions to get there because there's no point of having a, a, a destination if we don't have directions because that then you're going to end up lost. And then the last thing we have to do is like drive, which I said, get in the car and actually put in the work, the hard work, as you said, to actually make, you know, uh, make that destination become a reality in our life. Yeah, God. Um, one thing I, Tom and I do as well is we have like rules of engagement. So um, this is how I can receive, um, like if I'm doing something wrong, this is how I need you to do it so that I can actually receive the message. And so the mm -hmm. rules of engagement is if I'm very heated, he knows he has to give me um, um, space so that I can calm down. So that's just a rule of engagement. If we're in a heated argument, rule of engagement is I step away. So like we've kind of got these pillars so that there's no, because he likes to have it like head on. Like, no, 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 yeah. let's keep going, let's keep going. And I'm just like, I need to step away. <laughs> so we've always created like these rules of how to handle each other, what words as well, because I may say a word to you, Trent, and you'd be like, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Like I'm like, oh, I promise you, Trent. You may go, okay, cool. But promise to me, if I say it, it means I will break my leg and arm to make sure that I deliver on it. But that word is strong for me, not necessarily for other people. So with yeah. Tom and I, we have an, like an, our own little language dictionary so that we understand when someone's saying, hey, this is important to me. It means even if you're with the freaking president, you have to stop what you're doing because I've used the word important. Like we put weight to certain words. And I think that that also can really help in communication to overcome problems that you have with your partner. Man, that is, I'm actually, I'm pulling my computer because I'm about to write that down, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm like taking Thank notes you. while I'm in this podcast episode because <laughs> I don't know if you guys just heard that. And, I, and it's something that I, I think you guys have shared um, when we were up in um, Utah because um, you shared some powerful things. And that is very important, like actually being clear on that. Like I know me and Maria, we have those, but I don't know if it's like super clear. It's more like, you know, maybe this is what it is. So, like, having those rules of engagement, I think, are very, very important. Like, that's so dope. Yeah, yeah. And we actually take it even further, because if we use the word important, that means that, I mean, literally, he has to drop whatever he's doing. It's not just like, oh, but there was this one time. No, no, no. If you, like, literally just went and called him right now and you said, hey, Lisa told you it was important that you, that you had to be there for her, he already knows what that means. So mm -hmm. there's no, you know, because if it means, uh, like, if it's really strong to me and I say it and he doesn't do it, now I perceive it to be like, um, he's dismissed me, right? That I'm not important to him, that it's not a priority to him. Like all these words, that's actually what it means to me. And he knows that. But, um, you know, I think you must set your partner up for success. And in order to set your partner with success is you have to have definitions of what certain things mean so that when the other person uses it, you can then um, react in accordance, but you can't abuse it as well. Like I use the word important four times a year, you wow. know, so it's like, that is it. Only four times a year, I will probably use that around him. So you can't abuse it either. You have to like make sure that you have that communication that 
you know, it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? If you keep using it, like everything's important. Yeah. So. Well, that is super powerful. Like, thank you for that. Oh, like. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you've dropped so many knowledge. I'm gonna like rewind this and write down all the the nuggets of gold you've spilled, dude. Um, all right. Um, I don't actually didn't even ask you how long you have. Do you have another ten minutes to? Yeah, ask for sure. Oh, thank you, yeah. my dear. We got so many questions. It's insane. Um, okay. I'm a single mom with two kids and I feel like I'm going crazy just being in the house with them. Help. Okay, cool. So um, this is what I would, how, how, well, how old are your kids for one? If, um, if, yeah. If you, can, if you can comment on it. But if not, I, I want to just give you uh, these five things that, that's really helped me in my household. Um, you know, I don't know if she's going to say it or not. Yeah. Because if they're toddlers, it might be a little bit more different. But I will just, I want to give you these rules anyway, and then okay, I can yeah. always. Uh, oh, uh, she says 12 and five. Five. Okay, cool. So I kind of can relate. You know, I have an 11 year old, um, and I have a, a three year old. My eyes will be seven, you know, <laughs> the way she is. Um, so, which is incredible. My eyes, ah, my eyes, incredible. She's a burst of energy. So, this is what I would say to do. Um, it's important that you're very intentional because you're in. So you're in four walls probably, right? Like it, maybe you can go outside for a little bit to walk around, get some fresh air in your backyard. I don't know where you're staying at. Or maybe you're like in super quarantine where you can't go anywhere. And so these are things that I've learned. And as crazy as it sounds, like in training camp with football, it literally felt like prison. Like our phones were taken away. Like we, we had to deal with other guys, like all this masculine energy. Like it's just, you know, after a while, you get tired of seeing that person, your teammate, after about day five and you're tired. And also I spent a bulk of, my speaking career, speaking as prisons and speaking to lifers and people who would never get out. And I would, I would, it would just intrigue me to be like, man, how do you like deal with like, you know, being in prison for life. But the crazy thing about this, and I kid you not for the people I've interacted with, a lot of those guys and women are more free than the people who are actually free. And what I mean by that is that they're free mentally. Okay. And some of us were in prison without being behind bars. And so I was like, man, I feel like this in this quarantine. I feel like this is almost a prison. Obviously with people that I love, but let's be real. If you're around them 24 seven, the littlest things can get on your nerves. So especially with kids, you know, I know they're bursts of energy. This is what I would tell you. Create five things that's really helped me. Um, and I kind of touched on these earlier. Number one, I make sure my kids and myself and Maria, we have an energy release. So let's just talk me and the kids. So what's an energy release look like? Um, for Maya, it looks totally different and interesting. For Maya, it's like a tornado ran through the house. And but she's getting her <laughs> her blocks are everywhere. She does her she does her dance class. And I'm trying to get her in routine as as much as I can to make things seem normal. And Maria's, you know, doing that also. And so we're making sure she gets her energy release. Tristan, uh, he he loves football. So we we ride bikes together or he works out with me sometimes, or you know, I'm making sure he gets his energy release because again. If we don't release our energy, the stress has nowhere to go, okay? And the kids get frustrated too. The second thing I would say to do is have a creative release. And so you always want a, a stagnant mind is a dangerous mind, right? An idle mind is a dangerous mind. So with your kids, you want to make sure that you're giving them, this is a perfect time because technology these days has taken this away from us. Uh, make sure they give them hands-on activities to do. And so that might be building blocks with them. Uh, for Tristan, creativity-wise, it might be actually going outside and creating something just crazy. We might build something together. Uh, we might try something. We might play video games and actually create a – I know this might seem weird, but we create a Dynasty on Madden together. It's just creative release for all of us. So make sure that creative that creativeness is with them as well as yourself. 
Third thing I would say is an intimate release, right? Intimacy means closeness. And we're in a time where now they might not understand. Your 12-year-old probably understands it very much so. Five-year-old might not understand it so much, but they know things are different. In a time of feeling unsafe, you want to build a safe place for your kids. So have a time where y'all are intimate, meaning that maybe you have movie night together. Maybe you're just laying under the blankets together, whatever it may be. It looks different for each one of my kids and my wife. Have that time. The fourth thing I would tell you to do is have an emotional release. We talked about it earlier. Have a place where they can just let loose, okay? They can talk about what they want to talk about. They can tell their frustrations. And one good way to actually have your kids open up is for you to open up. Because now your kids know it's a, it's, I can, I can trust you with my emotions. So I do that all the time with Tris. I'm like, Hey bro, I, this is what I'm dealing with. Your dad's stressed out because sometimes we think our parents are, you know, superheroes and we think they never go through nothing. It's good to show your kids your vulnerability and transparency. And the last thing I would say is a, is a solid to release. And so this for me is time alone. So I give Tristan his time alone to do whatever he wants to do. Well, not whatever he wants to do, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I give Maya her time to whatever she wants, right? Her solid to release. And you need to have your solid to release. You might say, well, I'm a single mom. Well, that might be, it might be important for you to wake up if you can an hour earlier, 30 minutes earlier. Maybe go to sleep a little bit later, making sure you're getting your rest because that's very important to your immune system. But having that time where you can just spend time alone, where you don't have to worry about, you know, what your kids are doing at that moment. So a lot of times for me, that's waking up early in the morning while they're still sleeping. I think if you apply those five things, I really think it can help you a bit. Well, that's amazing. What I found fascinating as well is all the tips you gave was for the kids as well as her. You said what? The, the, the advice you gave was actually for the kids yeah, as both. well as it's her. Both. Like it's, it's almost, both. it was like identical. Like, okay, yeah. you need to do this, but also you need to. Yeah, you need to work your mind out too, because again, you need to have a place where stress. So I think it's the perfect time. And I don't know your situation, obviously, you know, if you're still working or whatever, but this is a time for me too, where I'm my, my most creative, you know, um, I feel like I have time to just like, there's no judgment, you know, nobody's, you know, looking the part or whatever like that. Like it's no judgment because we're all in this quarantine together. So make sure you're working out your brain, whatever that looks like. Maybe you're writing, maybe you're journaling, maybe you're reading a book. But you want to give your brain exercise also, as well as your kid. And sometimes that's together. You know, uh, Maya builds stuff blocks better than me. You know, we might play <laughs> Jenga together. And, like, they're, they're doing all this. Oh, we might even do TikToks. It's crazy. So we'll do TikToks together. Like, that's the creative release for some of my kids. And it's not for me to judge them. It's like, okay, cool. You want to do TikToks? Let's do TikToks. And so we just have fun, man. And I think when you bring that excitement to your house, um, it can make it a place of not boredom. It can make it a place of feeling alive. And think about this. I can promise you, especially with your five-year-old, your five-year-old, when this, when she reads, or he or she, when they read about this in the history books, even your 12-year-old, they're not going to remember that this was like some tragedy crisis thing. They're going to remember that this is probably the funnest time in their life. And so I'm making sure when Maya, when Marley, she's too young, when Tristan, when they read about this, when they tell their kids, like, man, we had a blast. Like, we were out of school and all these things happened, but I just remember dad was at home. He wasn't traveling. Mom was together. We playing Uno. We playing Monopoly. We doing all these <laughs> crazy things. Like, it was fun. And so I think as a parent, you want to think like that. Like, think about 10 years from now, what are your kids going to say about this time? And so, yeah, I think that'll help. That is so strong. And I'm literally doing that in real time. Like, I, 
you know, we always talk about the story that we've been telling ourselves from childhood and how we hold on to that and how we have to like, you know, try to change that narrative so that we can grow and, you know, progress. And it's like, I'm so aware of that in real time that I've started to implement things from now so that in five or 10 years, I can look back. So the one thing I wanted to do it as a couple with me and Tom, because I didn't want to look back at this time of being like heartache or like, you know, like all this shit that's actually happened in the world. So yeah. I've started now to take baths with Tom and so like he doesn't actually like to take a bath and um but i was like we don't normally take baths together so what if we start to do something that we don't normally do together that yeah. when in five or ten years we can look back and go, oh, babe, do you remember when we used to take a bath together you know like or like with the uno thing i love like actively creating that story now because it's in our control and that's what's beautiful. Like we can do that. Um, and then one thing else I want to touch on that you repeated, which I love is the no judgment thing because yeah. I, I think about, and look, I don't have children, so I cannot relate, but I can only imagine the, the pressure of the judgment parents are feeling where it's like, you know, they're going crazy. They want to feel like they're just going to strangle their kids, you know, but they don't want the judgment of it. And I think it's okay to speak out loud and say when you're struggling and say when it becomes too much, because you mentioned it earlier, like the release valve of, you know, saying it, you know, out loud and it being okay and people not judging you. It's only freaking natural that you're cooped up, you're by yourself, you have kids. Of course, things are going to be tough. And so I just want to applaud this person for a writing the question being very transparent about it um, and then just be making sure that they don't judge themselves for feeling like that because like I can imagine people then stressing about that judgment yeah and you know I'm glad you brought up that point because I think it's I think it's important too to have you know your your releases that you go to um, as I said earlier like your emergency exits of friends that might be in your same position and asking them what they're doing and and what they're stressing because everybody like literally you know is going through it this is a this is kind of like I don't want to say a beautiful thing but you know that every like what made me uh, able to get through my past pain and like depression in my life and all these things it was because like I realized like well, first, what kept me in it was like, I felt like I was dealing with this alone. Like, I feel like, oh, nobody ever dealt with this. And then when I realized my pain wasn't special. I was like, oh, other people have dealt with it. They got through it. Okay, cool. They gave me confidence. And right now, like, everybody's feeling this in this moment at the same time. And so, um, you know, growing up, I thought my, like, my mom and my dad, like, they never did anything wrong. And the relationship was great, you know. And But once I realized, like, oh, my dad been through this, or you went through this too, or mom, you went through this, like, my relationship became even stronger with them because I'm like, oh. And so I want to let you know, like, the imperfections, which really is probably the wrong word to use, doesn't make you less of a superhero. Like, every superhero has their villain. Every superhero has their battle. That's what makes them a superhero. So, you know, be open, uh, be transparent with your kids because – that, that not only makes you relatable, but it also gives them like confidence to know like, oh, okay, this is how mom and dad deal with this and this is how I can get through it too. So we try our best to be as transparent as we can. That's so strong. And of course, you know, I love the superhero analogy. Everyone's got their own kryptonite, right? That's right. Uh, well, right now, so first of all, thank you so much for spending so much time and just being so freaking amazing 
<clears throat> the advice you just gave is so absolutely tactical. So guys, guys, and um, this will be live for 24 hours. And we're also trying to figure out ways to potentially put this on YouTube. So go over to Women of Impact on YouTube. Um, Trent, where can people also follow the things that you're doing in real time? Um, and then also just the last question I want is what is the one thing, um, tactic that you're doing that you think people should be doing every single day during this time? So, okay. So to attack that second question, um, I think one of the, the most powerful things that you can do uh, during this time that I'm doing is really, and this might seem super uh, universal, but really being intentional uh, with how I want to show up outside of this thing. So we just kind of talked mm -hmm. about that, right, with our kids. But with myself, and you just shared this, like I'm really being tactical and saying, okay, cool, this is the time where I can actually put in the work. This is the time where I can be more creative. This is the time where I can get to know myself more. So on the other side of this, I want to make sure I become better. So I'm making sure that I'm being over intentional with my life, making sure that my routines are still there. My habits are still there. So I'm still getting up early when I could sleep in the 10 o'clock if I wanted to, but I'm making sure I'm not allowing these things to control me. Okay. So that's that part. And then the second part is you can find me anywhere um, just at Trent Shelton Instagram. Actually, I'm on TikTok. I'm about to start going harder on that. So if you want to see my dance moves, uh, <laughs> come to TikTok. And I, at Trent Shelton um, on TikTok. And then uh, Straight Up Podcast. So if you want to listen to my podcast, just the Straight Up Podcast on Apple Mute. Anyway, listen to podcasts. You can check it out. Amazing. Dude, thank you.